Rusty Quill presents. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, quick plugs, and they're the regular plugs. I'm still streaming every Sunday on Twitch over at twitch.tv slash where every Sunday I write the episode soundtracks and then hang out and play a video game. Right now it's Nancy Drew, The Silent Spy. So check that out if you'd like to help, because I do need help. And if you'd like to support the show, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com slash woe underscore where you can get early access to ad-free episodes, instrumentals, soundtrack albums, Q&As, director's commentaries, movies with Michael, postcards, and more. People are starting to receive their April postcards, in which Mikey is running for mayor of Old Brush Valley. It is very funny and a lot of fun and people are comparing their postcards over on the Discord. So check that out if that sounds like something that you'd like to be a part of. Special thanks to my 10 newest patrons. Lorgnet, Leah, Murple, Darren Washow, Kiara Bauer, Medicus, Mariana Ramoli, Alicia Duh, AJ Nofziger, and Great Big James for supporting the show. Enjoy. Well, I'm back. This isn't the story that I expected to be telling when I returned. I believe in last episode, episode 12, I promised, quote, dispatches from the front lines of the Old Brush Valley Energy and Resources Security Apparatus. And making a promise like that is honestly a little bit rich coming from me. There are too many people involved with too many different motivations for me to promise what's going to happen next time. All of that can change before I finish getting out the sentence, which is exactly what happened. So, as you will remember, I had just been hired to work at Old Brush Valley Energy and Resources. I was packing my bags, I was in good spirits, relatively speaking. I mean, sure, Matt was dead and Anne was disappeared without completing her challenge, and I wasn't sure what that meant for me and my continued existence, and I was being threatened by the game runners and some other mysterious person into going to work for over, but I was genuinely looking forward to it. It was a chance to start over, pun not intended. It was a way for me to get out of the city and get some fresh air and get away from everyone and just vibe as a security guard. I wanted to do some self-growth out there. And to get out of my dingy apartment, which I was beginning to smell, and if I could smell it while I was living there, then, uh, it must have been pretty unpleasant. 
And then I wrote me, me, stinky boy in the script. Did I expect myself to actually say that? I guess I did say it. So past me wins this round. Between my lifestyle as a self-professed stinky boy and packing to move to over, there wasn't time to clean anything up when I heard a knock at the door. And the game runners did tell me that Anne was, quote, no longer a problem, and that they had intervened to, quote, ensure the initiation of the Old Brush Valley project with the utmost immediacy, or whatever they said in that previous episode. But part of me was still expecting it to be Anne, there to kill me to complete her fourth challenge, or just say hi. I was kind of hoping it was her when I answered the door, but I was ready for just about anything. It was, in fact, not Anne who answered the door, but rather someone I did not know. They had a slim build, medium height, dark brown hair, cropped fairly short with soft curls. You're Mike Walters, aren't you? They asked. My reputation precedes me, I see, I said. Please, come in. If you're going to kill me, uh, I'd much prefer we do it in there. The neighbors, they have to put up with so much, you know. I led them inside. I'm not here to kill you, Mike. My name is Jamila Gardner. I'm working on a podcast about Over, they said. Well, I haven't gone to work there yet, so I don't know that I can be much help, I replied. Can I get you anything? I've got water. Okay, I've just got water. I surreptitiously capped and hid a flat bottle of Pepsi and an expired jug of milk before they could see them as I led them into the living room. So if you're here asking about Over, I assume that you're from the future, I said. So when are you from? I'm from 2023, they said, looking a bit surprised. How do you know about time travel? From Wobegon, I replied. I assumed that you knew about Wobegon and that was part of why you were here. No, I'm here because someone is going to kill you tomorrow at Over, Jamila replied. You go to Over and then you go missing before your training starts. So my advice would be, maybe go somewhere else tomorrow. I laughed. <laughs> I would love not to go to over, Jamila. I don't have much of a choice. The Wobegon game runners have made it abundantly clear that I am going to Old Brush Valley Energy and Resources tomorrow. And then I explained to them everything that I've explained to you in this podcast. About Wobegon, about the challenges, about killing Matt, and the guy that showed up to help me kill Matt, and him being the same guy, as you know, that showed up on my doorstep and told me that I had to go to Over if I wanted Matt to be alive, as well as the messages I was getting from the game runners about how I have to go to Over. So I go to Over and die, or I don't go to Over and still die. I explained. I sat and thought for a moment. Hey, so Jamila, I'm gonna need you to set up a Google Drive that I can dump a whole bunch of data onto. On my way to Over, I'll get an audio surveillance bug that can upload to the Google Drive, and I'll wear it to my murder. And you'll get a front row seat to whatever happens, and then you can swing by here, let's say two hours from now, and show me the recording, and then we can start figuring out what's going on. I don't like the idea of sending you to your death, they said. Then this had better work, and we better figure out what's going on, I replied. Bring pizza. When you come back in two hours. I'm hungry, and there's no food in the apartment because I'm moving. Preferably with olives. I'm on a big olive kick right now. Jamila nodded resolutely. All right then. I trust you, Mike. Time to get to work. I won't let you down, Jamila. See you at the pizza party. This is Wobegon.
Two hours later, on the dot, Jamila was back with pizza. Bless them. I was half-joking, but I really did want pizza. No olives, though. Turns out that Jamila hates olives. <sighs> Nevertheless, I was able to push down my feelings about that and work with them anyway. There was important work to be done, so I got some green olives out of the fridge and put them on my half of the pizza. Turns out, surprise surprise, I am an excellent schemer and my plan worked without a hitch, as always. Jamila seemed surprised by this, but they don't know me very well yet and they don't know what I'm capable of. I had successfully recorded my own murder. Jamila saved the clip locally on their phone and showed it to me during this return visit. I won't play it for you here, mostly because I don't want to sit through hearing myself die again, and I'd have to do that in the edit. But the long and short of it is that a man with a thick Minnesota accent knocked on my door and shot me dead when I answered it. Very cold, very wild west. So Jamila sat there with me on the couch with a grimace on their face while they played me this clip of this Minnesota cowboy gunning me down. I know who that is, Jamila said. Hunter Jeremiah Hartley. He works it over. He comes into my building all the time. Seems like a nice guy, I replied. Oh, he really is, Jamila said. He's one of the nicer people I work with, actually. He'd give you the shirt off his back. Well, he might not give me the shirt off his back, I said. What did I do to him, do you think? I have no idea, Jamila said. That's what I'm working on right now. Hunter wouldn't just do something like that. There's a reason for all of this, I'm sure of it. That's the next part of my story. He and his colleagues run some sort of base in Old Brush Valley, and I'm trying to gather some information about them. I have a friend on the inside. Actually, she was the one who was supposed to train you on your first day at Over, Marissa Ng. So I'm going to use my connection to her to try and figure out what they're doing inside of the base. Sounds risky. Don't get yourself killed, Jamila, I said. No one else has any interest in the Keep Mike Alive project. Nobody is going to take up that project in your absence if you die. Oh, don't worry about that, Mike. Of course I have ways of making sure I don't get killed, Jamila said. I could see a small smirk creep through their otherwise serious demeanor. I wouldn't be investigating this if there was any chance that I wasn't 100% safe. We don't have anything to worry about. Marissa will not let me get hurt, so we won't even have to resort to my plan B. Jamila filled me in about what they already knew about Hunter's base. It didn't even have a name, just base. How uncreative. Meanwhile, I had already come up with a name for my partnership with Jamila, the Keep Mike Alive project. Surely they could come up with a name for their organization. The base consisted of over-employees with fairly low-level clearance. People like their friend Marissa, the Tier 1 security guard. They had discovered some alternate source of time travel technology and were building their own organization in Old Brush Valley. They hadn't been there yet, but they listed some members of base that Marissa had told them about. Hunter, obviously. Eagle. Chris. Ryan. As you might expect, this list of names set off alarm bells for me, so I started with the most important question first. Eagle? His name is Eagle? I asked. Yeah, I've met him, actually, Jamila said, and he looks like he should be named Eagle. He doesn't look like an eagle. It's hard to explain. And probably more importantly, Chris and Ryan are the names of the people who run Wobegon, I said. I haven't met Chris and Ryan, they said. What do the Wobegon game runners look like? I'm afraid I don't know, really, I said. I interacted with them mostly through text. 
When I did meet with one of them, he was wearing this mask the whole time. I think the masks were a new thing. They kept taunting me about how I wouldn't see their faces this time. So maybe I saw their faces at one point and they went back and changed it. I was so close to finding Chris's apartment at one point, but then they caught wind of that and undid all of my work. And so all I have to show for it is, I know their names are Chris and Ryan. If this base has access to time travel technology outside of Over, and they have a Chris and Ryan with them, I am willing to bet that they are the same guys. You need to be very careful around them, Jamila. Jamila wrote quickly but legibly in a legal pad while I spoke. Oh, I wasn't planning to be careful, but now I think you've talked me into it, they said. There's no risk as long as there's no rush. I can do a day's, week's, month's worth of work and then come back to you here in this time period as though no time has passed at all. There's no need to get antsy and make mistakes. They put their pen down and set their hands on their legal pad. So, Mike Walters, what do we do now that we know how you're going to die? We do it all over again, I suppose, I said. Well, you'll be doing it all over again. This hasn't happened to me yet. Jamila scrunched their face at me. What do you mean? You know that Hunter knocks on your door and shoots you. Don't be there when he gets there. What do we do after that? I have to go to over or the game runners will kill me, remember? I said. So what do I do? I dodge Hunter's attack and then try to work there while he hunts me down? That's just dying with extra steps. And especially if Hunter's Chris and Ryan are the same Chris and Ryan that run Wobegon, I am cornered. Jamila stared at me, jaw slightly open. You're not going to open the door and let him in knowing that he's going to shoot you. Your body won't let you. I have pushed myself through worse, I said. And after the shootout at the Old Brush Valley Corral, you're going to come back here after looking into Hunter's base and Chris and Ryan and Wobegon, and we're going to try to understand why they're doing this, why this is happening, and what we can do to make it not happen. Got it? That's your takeaway from this trip. That's your new mission. I strongly suspect that Chris and Ryan are that Chris and Ryan. There's your new lead. Wobegon. But your podcast can't be named Wobegon because this is Wobegon. I could see my confidence stealing their resolve. I don't suppose it would be much of a podcast if we got everything figured out by episode two, they said. That's the spirit, I replied. You gotta try for six parts at least, and maybe Mike Walters writes the outro theme? Let's focus on making sure that you're alive to maybe write it for now, they said. I had better get going so that you can prepare for tomorrow. Do the thing with the bug like you were going to do. I'll see if anything changes. And I might come back again before then to let you know what happened. But for now, I need to get away from these olives. Suit yourself, I said. We said our goodbyes, and I was alone again in my apartment. Just me and my olives. And I began to prepare for my suicide mission into Old Brush Valley. That's after the break. To want to be done with this It has me by the throat But I really ought to go But I'm drawn 
little hope The superstition's old Bleed the circle closed Make it address me by a name That I wouldn't give my soul Make it address me by a name That I wouldn't give my soul trip across the country to get killed in cold blood was a little bittersweet, if you can believe it. I was holding out hope that Jamila would pop in again, or I'd get a call from them saying that they had figured something out and there was a new plan, but those things didn't happen. If they were going to happen, they were going to happen to a different version of these events. I was going to die, at least this time. Not to get too Alice isn't dead about it, but there's something so striking about driving through the quote, flyover states. There are so many people in the world with so many life ways, and everyone is eking out an existence, whatever that means for them. Billions of people, each directed by their own wills, each with lives and communities and obligations, and all so minuscule when considered that way 
but the most important thing in the world when you are one of those people. Mike Walters is just one guy, and not one with much in the way of life, community, or obligations. Small. It is a miracle that we are able to care for anyone at all. Atoms that are mostly air whose fields somehow manage to find each other and cohere. Listening to In the Aeroplane Over the Sea and driving across the country at night might have made me a little bit squishy. I use the audio surveillance equipment to leave little notes for Jamila. Stuff to pass the time, stuff to entertain them, to entertain myself. Me singing Two-Headed Boy at full volume whilst squishy. Ideas for their podcast. Little nothings. Digital residue that would constitute what remained of my existence. This was going to be harder for Jamila than it was for me. They had not been embroiled in something like Wobegon before, and thinking about life or death in the way that one has to is akin to learning another language. I wanted to give them something. I don't know that the gestalt amounted to anything, but it was what I could give. These messages and one final recording of myself getting shot, sputtering weakly, and then getting shot again. Oh, and one final gift that I put in the drive for them. I... I lied. I did go back and listen to myself getting killed, and I was able to find some audio after that, and I boosted it. Looks like Hunter took a phone call right outside my door, so that's in the drive too. I titled the file, Hope This Helps. Hey, Mr. H. Are you taken care of? Now, as long as we've got flint, I don't think we need him again, but I made comprehensive notes in case we need to dig him back up, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, no, I think he's done. That'll be the last of him, too. No more trouble. Make sure the only one doesn't catch wind of this. I know they got attached to each other. Should be easier for all of us with no Mike Walters around. Anyway, I'll see you in a bit to go over plants. Alright. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited, too. Alright. Bye now. I didn't understand everything that Hunter Jeremiah Hartley was talking about. I didn't know who the younger one was, or who he was even speaking to, but I did understand one thing. Hunter Jeremiah Hartley said that he had flinch. Once the adrenaline wore off, there was an odd piece to my resignation to death, and then I would get a burst of energy, and the adrenaline would kick back in, I would panic, rinse and repeat. I was exhausted from driving by the time I made it through security at Old Rush Valley Energy and Resources and made it to my cabin, cabin 63A. I was taken aback by how large the place was. Tier 1 was huge and that was just Tier 1, the outskirts of the whole operation. It looked like there were at least 100 people doing what I had been hired to do, the low-level Tier 1 security guard. I couldn't imagine how many people it took to run this entire place. I unlocked the door to cabin 63A for the first and last time and stepped inside. The place was empty, just some sparse furniture, a bed, some introductory literature for me to read before going out to work. It felt full of potential, like anything could go in there. This space could be anything, except I knew how and when that potential was going to collapse. All potential collapses into inevitability at some point but usually we are able to be blissfully unaware of it. Like, at some point in your life, it was possible that you could have been an astronaut. 
but now you're 40 and that will never happen. And there was a point somewhere in your timeline where it became certain that you'll never be an astronaut, but you could never pinpoint where it is. And an infinite amount of such potentialities pass by us every second of every day, and eventually and inevitably one of those is the potential of when you are going to die. A point on a timeline that was now racing towards me. I started bringing some of my boxes into the cabin, because why not? That's what I was supposed to be doing. Had I been able to ignore the potential collapsing around me, I brought in everything. Might as well make them clean up after me, earn their murder. After I brought everything inside, I had a moment to sit there, sweaty, in a wooden chair beside my work desk and think about what was about to happen. I was going to die sweaty. It was cold outside, so it was that uncomfortable kind of sweaty that happens when you exert yourself on a cold day, in your cold weather clothes, and you're wearing them inside and outside because you're bringing things in and it's not like you can take them off until you're done. So I was sweaty and gross and about to die. I pondered the notion of taking a shower. Would it be worth it? Would I have time? What if Hunter barged in and killed me in the shower? I wouldn't die sweaty and gross, I would die soapy and slippery. The decision was made for me when I heard a knock on the door. The knock. I felt a separation between my mind and body as I stood up and began to walk over, shocked at myself, as though it were my destiny to do this and I were just a vessel. That is what was going to happen. I was going to open the door. There was no chance of it not happening. The potentials had already collapsed. I could see my hand reaching for the doorknob. And then I felt the nauseating feeling of being ripped through time and space. The world distorted around me and I returned to consciousness, crumpled on the floor of a cabin. As the dizziness subsided, I looked around. It looked much like my cabin, but was very well cared for. It expressed what my cabin only had the potential to be. Clean, lived in, well decorated. A signed and framed Wilco poster on the wall in front of me. Oh, good, it worked, Jamila said, more giddy than I had ever seen them. Welcome to my cabin, Mike. Sorry to put you through all that, but I knew exactly where you were when you opened the door, so it was more reliable to transport you from there. What did you do, Jamila? I asked. I could feel the panic beginning to foment inside of me. You can't just whisk me away. If Hunter isn't going to come after me, then the game runners will. Oh, Hunter got his guy, Jamila said. There was that sly smile again. Hunter killed Mike Walters. He successfully completed his mission. You know that I don't understand, I said. I made an iteration, something that I learned from Marissa, they said. I moved you back in time and space extremely slightly so that there were two of you in the same time. Then I moved one of you here. So Hunter had his Mike Walters to kill, and I've got my Mike Walters whose life I saved. Am I the original or am I a copy? I asked. No one's a copy, they explained. But you're the one who moved, so I guess that you're the original, if that helps you to think about it. What is actually important is that everyone thinks that you're dead or disappeared because Hunter really did kill you, and that means that no one is after you anymore. I sat cross-legged on the floor of Jamila's cabin, looking up at them. I was in uncharted territory. I was unaccounted for. Now what? I asked. Now the real work begins, 
Jamila said. This has been Woebegone. Next time, the real work begins. Thanks for playing. This has been Woebegone. The voice of Hunter Jeremiah Hartley, excerpted from episode 108, was Gary Furlong. You can find Gary Furlong on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Gary Furlong VO. In this household, we use every part of the Gary Furlong. Thanks for playing. It is me. I have returned. The woe. Be gone. Voice. You cannot defeat me. I am eternal. Mimi stinky boy.